church. Uh, this morning, you picked a very, very special morning uh, to come. Uh, I'm going to introduce uh, our guests who uh, we're going to be doing this uh, message together and, and through uh, uh, Jamad's story. Uh, but first, I just want to read a, a passage in Scripture that I believe will set the scene uh, well for what we're going to talk about. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And uh, it's uh, about a, a shepherd boy named David. And uh, David uh, was young. He was uh, only about 16, 17 years old. And uh, they had this giant that was intimidating God's people. And uh, David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine, your servant, for I will go and fight him. Then Saul replied, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he's been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned to me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. And this giant will be just like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord will be with you. See, David was able in darkness when he was tending sheep, when no one was around, able to uh, grow his gift uh, so that he could produce a victory when everybody was watching. And so often there's always a story behind the glory. There, there's always uh, uh, an untold story when you see a person. A lot of times we think somebody is just an overnight success, but there, there is something that they had to grind out, some obstacles that they had to overcome in order to get them to where they are. In the same way uh, that David, when no one was watching, was able to have the faith to take out a lion and a bear, uh, it gave him the strength and the ability when the giant was there in front of everybody to have the faith and the courage to do that. And uh, one uh, man, and, and I'm going to introduce him in just a second, um, his name is, is Jaman Izan Uka. He is one of the most courageous men I have ever met in my entire life. Uh, I look up to him immensely. And this was before I even uh, heard of the story that, that brought him to, to this country and, and the things that he overcome in his own life. And uh, I respect him so much. He's an incredible father, uh, incredible wife, incredible coach, incredible mentor. Uh, one of the most positive people I have ever met in my entire life. Um, I've uh, had the opportunity to uh, know him. I think it's been uh, about a year now uh, since uh, I walked through the doors of, of his gym. And he has inspired me uh, to be a better uh, leader, a better father, uh, a better man of God. And I'm so thankful for him. If you will give a huge Shore Christian Church welcome to my friend, uh, Jaman Izanuka, this morning. Come out here, brother. Thank you. Are you, you want the mic on? I think so. I don't know. Are we good, Jimbo? I got to push everything on here? We good? Hello? I, I forgot to mention your, your beautiful wife that's here. Oh, yeah. She's Ki here. Kiko. Kiko. Kiko she's, she's uh, got, she has a baby. So she's she got a one-year-old little, little baby, Umi, and, and I and Kai are in the kids' church. And uh, what I thought that we would do just to kind of start is just 
kind of ask you some icebreaker questions. Um, Jermon doesn't know about what I'm going to ask him, uh, but I thought it would be a good idea so you could kind of get an understanding of, of who he is. And uh, the, the first one I, I want to ask you, um, what, would you what do you prefer, Jermon? Do you prefer a snow day or a beach day? <laughs> um, I love beach days. Okay. However, I do love snow days because um, I grew up in Nigeria without snow. So when I first saw snow in America, <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it's always like a miracle when I see flurries coming from the sky. So I do love snow days. Yeah. You're definitely not from New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> snow day. All right. Leg day or chest day? <laughs> oh, chest day. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell, right? Uh, favorite cheat meal? Ice cream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are you in introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Introvert. Yeah. Uh, hidden talent. Hidden talent. I mean, I can dance, but I don't think that's a hidden talent. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever seen you do it. No. Has, has anyone here Red ever dance. seen him dance? <laughs> okay, come back to the second service, and we're gonna have to dance. Second service. Uh, if you could have any superpower. Oh man, to heal. Yeah. To heal. That's awesome. Yeah. Would you rather have 12 kids or no kids? 12 kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, last one. This is a request. Um, who is the most jacked pastor at Easy Fit? <laughs> I don't know who said that, <laughs> that one in. <laughs> so wh wh what was that? I didn't get the answer. It was Isaac. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, so you, you heard it from from the man, uh, Jamon, <laughs> and we're so thankful you're here, man. Um, I appreciate you. So I, I know hearing your story, uh, you were raised in, in Nigeria, and uh, you overcame some incredible, incredible things. And um, a, a lot of people will look at you, and, and you're, you're young, you're successful, you have such a beautiful family, and a lot of times people may say, you're an overnight success. You probably say that was the longest night of my life. <laughs> but, um, you know, sh share with us as we open just a, some of the things that, that led to you uh, coming to America, um, some of the things you had to go through in Nigeria uh, that you, you had to overcome. Yeah. Um, growing up in Nigeria, uh, my mom, you know, had five kids. Uh, she had us very young. She got married young, uh, 15, 16. She got married and just started having kids, you know, that's what you do as a wife in, in, in Africa, Nigeria. And, uh, you know, she was married to my dad, who was one of the richest guys in Nigeria at the time, and she had everything. Um, and, you know, until she became a born-again Christian, was when things got hard, um, because my dad didn't like that, and uh, so he punished her for it and abused her for it, and it got to the point where he wanted her to renounce God, and she wouldn't, so all that punishment started falling on the kids and the abuse, and, um, so she had the decision to make. And life is all about decisions. You have options. Whether you stay, and because she wasn't going to renounce God, Jesus, and continue being punished and have your kids punished, or you flee and you run. And um, so she decided she had enough. She didn't want to see us go through that life, and she didn't want that life. So she packed up five kids, no money, $75 in her pocket, and just prayed and came to America. So, yeah. yeah. And how, how, old, how old were you then? I was 12 when I came here, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, coming here wasn't also, you know, we were practically homeless, you know. Um, we stayed at my cousin, my cousin's here um, at the house. He, there, were, there was already four kids there, so we had six boys sleeping in one room, 
you know, for like two years. Um, so the, thankfully, you know, um, family that took us in. After you know a couple of years there, we, my mom found us a one-bedroom um, apartment, and uh, we all lived. Me, my, all my, all of us. My mom slept in one-bedroom apartment for years growing up. Um, so, to me, that is just it's it's um, we we were on welfare, and uh, we we didn't have we didn't have much. So yeah, it was a lot of people growing up. Um, go through maybe maybe some similar things that you went through. Maybe not to the magnitude of, of having to escape a country because of religious persecution, but um, some people could probably relate to maybe some of the conditions you grew up in. Um, not having a lot of things, um, you know, not having a lot of material, uh, maybe not, not having two parents, um, you know, when you came over, it was just your mom that you were with. Um, and, and a lot of times, people, when they, when they grow up, you know, they'll, they'll say things like, and they'll blame how they were raised on some of the dysfunction that they face in their life now. Um, what was it just about your mentality that didn't allow you to do that, um, but actually used how you were raised not as um, an excuse, but actually as, as motivation? What was that? Uh, early on uh, in life, I always, I, I just, always knew things happened for a reason because I always trust God, yeah. you know. Um, I was never like, why God? Because um, again, my mom raised us as Christians from a young age. So to me, I'm like, this is all in God's plan. It's crazy because my middle name is also Richie, means the will of God. Wow. So everything, to me, I just, I'm like, this is God's will. This is, it, everything happens according to God's plan. So whatever the struggles we were going through, I knew it was God's plan. I knew it was happening for a reason. And, you know, my mom said, you're the only person that understands this. Like, you know, I guess it's my middle name. There's power in the name. So, you know, um, and so to me, I always just knew, like, okay, everything's happened for a reason. Yeah. And no matter what situation I'm in at the current moment, it doesn't define my destiny or my future. If it's a bad situation, it doesn't define, doesn't mean that, oh, this is it. You know, there's no hope for me. You know, I knew that. If you trust God and you just continue to strive and you believe and you just continue doing good, that you will eventually come out of any kind of hardship you're in. Amen. How much of an impact did, did having a, a godly mother make on you and just seeing what your mom went through uh, for her faith, number one, and then how much she loved her, her kids to uh, be willing to go through so much to to do it for you. How much did that mean to you? I mean, it meant everything. My mom is my hero. She's my, my role model. You know, seeing her go through what she did in Nigeria and then coming here, knowing she made the decision, she could have stayed. A lot of people stay. They don't leave. They're like, you know what? This is the life I have. They will not leave. You know, she wrote a book called Riches from Riches to Glorious Riches. Glorious Riches means God's riches. Yeah. You know, because um, she left all that because she wanted us and her to have freedom to worship God. You know, so to, to me, it was powerful. I understood. My younger siblings probably didn't get at the time. Um, and my older brother, he was just doing his own thing. But to me, I understood. So I really appreciated her. And then seeing her struggle, she, um, you know, we came here, we didn't, she didn't have a car. So she, put, she, she didn't have any university education, so she had to put herself through college. So um, there are times she, to get to school, and part-time job, she would take public transportation. Rain, snow, shine, she's walking to the bus stop, taking that. So 
seeing that struggle, seeing her go through that, seeing her never spend money on herself, any money she got to try to spend on us, you know, really um, motivated me and drove me. Yeah. Was there a, like an event uh, growing up that, that really motivated you to want to not have your family go through some of the things that you went through? If so, like, like how old were you and, and what was it? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a compound effect of a lot of things that was happening as, you know, I was growing up. But a big uh, moment, I mean, you know, being made fun of for being, you know, poor and being on food stamps, that always, you know, was a thing. And, um, but uh, I remember this one time my brother, my mom finally got a car. Every car she got, she had car problems. Every car broke down because she always buy the hoopty and they always broke down on her. And, uh, and there was this one time, she got a car finally, and in the middle of the night, my brother, he took it and went out to a party. And um, he got arrested, and um, so the car it got impounded. So now she has to wake up the next day, try to get to work without a car. And she had to go back to doing the whole public transportation. She, that whole, all night she cried, and she cried, and she cried, and she cried. And, um, and in that moment, that's when I knew that uh, this is something has to change. I don't want to see her suffer like this. She suffered enough. And I actually wrote a note in that I had just gotten a job. I was 16, you age, I was 16. Um, I got a job working at Burger King because I wanted to help around the house, um, so part-time. And uh, I put a letter, I wrote a letter. I took my first paycheck, put it in her purse, wrote a letter, and I said, hey, mom, I don't want you to suffer anymore. I just want you to know that when I grow up, I'm going to be a millionaire so I can take care of you. So you can stop crying and smile and be happy. And this money is my first paycheck. I want you to spend it on yourself, not on us. You deserve to spend money on yourself. So go out, go eat, buy food, buy something for a nice for yourself. Um, and when I grow up, I'm going to take care of you. And that's literally, that was the moment right in, the, right in that letter change everything for me. I, I just feel like, like, like so, some moms out there that maybe you, you feel like you can't give your kids everything, but if, if you could pray for your kids and not give up on your kids, your kids are going to be able to receive that and their lives are going to be impacted. Um, don't beat yourself up just because you can't give them all the, the material things, but if you could give your kids faith and give them self-esteem and a belief in themselves, then you're giving them everything. And you can see that through this story. Um, and, you know, you, you had something different in you that maybe your brothers didn't have. Um, did you always have that belief in, in yourself and in God? Um, and and did you, you just knew from the beginning that you were gonna be successful? Was that just always something you had in you? It, it was. Honestly, it, it was. I just, I don't know. I guess everybody's different. Yeah. Um, it's just, just the trust and believing. And, you know, it was, it was, I mean, there are times we have doubts. Yeah. And, you know, like, okay. But to me, I just always, I always believed that I was destined to do more and for yeah. more. Yeah. Um, what, what role did your faith play in uh, um, kind of your, your belief in yourself and able to overcome obstacles? Um, I mean, if I, without believing in God, nothing will be possible for me, yeah. you know, in that sense. Um, you know, there's a scripture that my mom always made us read the Bible. 
And you know, before there's just as you know, as you get old as a teenager, you're like, really, you gotta keep doing this, you know. <laughs> but at times where we couldn't have dinner if we don't read the Bible, so you have to go read a chapter of the Bible, <laughs> you know. So it's like, you know, and I read. I feel you. My mom did the same thing, and I would just give her attitude every single morning, <laughs> and look at me now. Exactly. <laughs> So, you it know, works. but she, it, it works. works. Yeah. It works. You know, you just put that, lay down the ground with the discipline. And um, and I will always, and I'll just flip. I was okay, what am I going to read? Because if you read, you have to tell her, you have to talk about it. You know, um, and uh, um, I think it was Galatians 6, 9. It's a, it's a scripture I read that um, it says, let us not be weary of doing good for we will reap. If we, if we continue doing good, we will reap um, 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 the... Um, Abundance will reap, um, uh, uh, wait, uh, what's the word? You say, oh yeah, harvest, if we don't give up. Yeah, so we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. So to me, that's a powerful scripture, and it helped, you know? Yeah, I, I was accused um, last Sunday, um, I was teaching our Next Steps class, yeah. uh, which everyone here you should take, it's an awesome, awesome class. Um, and so I was, I was teaching the class, and I was talking about the importance of having the right routine and not uh, growing weary and disappointed because you're not seeing the results yet, and, and to be able to, to, to be consistent, to lock in that routine. I got accused of sounding like you uh, <laughs> by someone in our Next Steps class that was a part of the gym. She yeah. looked at me and she said, you sound just like Jamal. <laughs> I was like, what, who, what? That's, so, but, but that's right, yeah. is that there, there are certain disciplines that we need to be able to adopt and so often we grow weary just like the, the scripture says yes. of this isn't working i need yeah. to change i need to jump ship yeah. but if you lock in and find the right routine yeah. you are going to reap a harvest yeah. you are going to see god move in your life yeah. you are going to see a change take place in your life yeah. you're going to transform not just yourself but the lives of people around yeah. you and you're certainly a, a product of that uh jamad he, he's an owner of, of three gyms throughout monmouth county um and we might, might have a, a few people from those gyms here this morning and one of the most successful gym owners uh, in, in all of New Jersey. Thank you. And um, you have been a part of transforming so many people's lives. Yeah. And what I love about what you do is your, your dream is really to see other people's dreams come true, uh, which I, I love. I feel like that's so biblical. I feel like that's, that's what God wants. God wants whatever we do to be connected to help transforming and helping others. Um, when did you discover that, that calling on your life uh, to be a part of helping others uh, see their bodies and their dreams uh, transformed? Ah, man. It's, uh, I, you know, my mom always told me that I was going to do something powerful, do something amazing. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what it was. I knew I was always creative. I knew I wanted to help people because that's, I will always help. <laughs> you can ask my wife, I will always help. But then I got into the fitness industry. Yeah. And, um, and I remember when I started training and going in and uh, training in facilities and opening my first facility, and people didn't show up. And it's crazy. It's like, you know, you have, how guys, if you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will not come. <laughs> if you build it and you continue to do good, they will come. Amen. You know, and so my wife made me believe in myself. And she's like, you have to just believe, you have to have faith and they will come. Just keep doing what you're doing, keep doing good, they will come. And sure enough, I just kept doing it, and I just kept doing good, and eventually, people started coming. And it wasn't until I ran one of our first challenges, and I did a fundraiser for the fire department, and I gave back 
you know, we sold a, a, a lot of membership and we gave it all back to the fire department and we signed up a lot of people. Wow. And in that moment, I'm like, I would transform like, I, like 50 lives in like in over six weeks. And I was like, this is, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. Like, you know, yeah, so. So how do you keep going when you pour so much into something and then nobody shows up? <laughs> like that's gotta, I, I remember when I first started our preaching, I, I, I'd show up and like, like they would be there, right there, Rick and Sam. <laughs> like, do we really got to do this? I got to preach to two people. Yeah. You know, and it's it's brutal on your yeah. ego. Yes. You know, yes. it can really just yes. make you say, "Is this really worth it?" I yes. put so much into this, uh, um, you know, dream uh, of owning a gym, and yeah. and maybe it's not God's will. Maybe it's not going to work out. I uh, maybe I was wrong. Yeah. Uh, how do you overcome that? Well, it says improper time. Mm. So that's the key, proper time. That's good. It's not in tomorrow. It's not <laughs> in six weeks. Proper time. Mm. So you just have to trust God that in proper time, yeah. you will reap that harvest. Amen. You know, and so understanding that, you know, it's crazy because when I sit there by myself, I literally felt like God would be like, Galatians 6, 9, in my ear. <laughs> I'm like, because you have to believe, yeah. you know, so in proper time. So understanding that and just having faith and just, just keep showing up and just yeah. keep doing it. And no matter what you do, whether it's uh, financial success or fitness success, you just have to show up. Yeah. Just proper time. Yeah. You know, don't give, don't do it for two days or three days or one week or one month. Just keep showing up and just keep doing good. Do the little things all the time. And the proper time, you will get the results you want. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. so it's, it's a new, it's not only a new year, it's a new decade. And so with, with that, um, everyone has things they want to do. Uh, everyone has goals. Probably the number one goal people have, one, top five, I'd say, is I want to eat healthier. I want to get my body in shape. I finally want to lose 20 pounds, 30 pounds, whatever. I remember I, I, going to the gym in December, I'd go and there was like five people in the gym. You know, and then I go in January, I can't even get a spot in a class. It's like insane. <laughs> like, who are these people and where did they come from? You know, but uh, inevitably, uh, statistics, you know, they'll tell us that uh, by February or March, they, I mean, it, it's going to be back to the way it was. Uh, why is it that we as human beings, and, and I, I feel like in some way we could all relate to this, you know, health is just what you do, but we could easily do it for education. We could easily talk about someone starting a new business. We could easily talk about someone wanting to dedicate their lives more to the Lord and they don't see results right away, so they give up on it. Uh, I always tell people, you know, uh, they come to church for a few few weeks and nothing happened, nothing changed. I'm like, you go to the gym for two days, you think anything's <laughs> gonna change? It's the same thing with following God. You yes. gotta stick to it, you exactly. gotta lock it in. Uh, but exactly. that's Amen. right, you guys know what I'm talking about. And, and so like, wh why is it that, that people you know, with, with fitness fall off so quickly and, and don't make it to February? <laughs> the reason for doing that is not strong enough. Um, you have to have a strong why. You know, people, when they go and they sign up for a gym is because it's just, it's, it's usually a superficial uh, reason. I want to lose 30 pounds, I want to lose 40 pounds, I want to lose 10 pounds, you know. But they have to dig deeper and find the why. You know, I learned, you know, through my mentorship is like there's always seven reasons why people want to pursue a goal, whether it's financial success, health, wellness, the seven reasons why. People never find out 
five, six, and seven. Mm. They always know one, two, and three, yeah. right? And they use one, two, and three as their motivation. But the thing with one, two, and three is that it's not deep enough. Yeah. It's about you. It's more yeah. selfish, right? A lot of vanity. And when you can let yourself down, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, I tried, right? But when it goes beyond you, it's bigger than you. It's no longer about you. You're, you're, if you try it right now, you try to find reasons why you want to achieve fitness success, you know, the first three is going to be easy. Four is going to be a little bit easy, uh, harder. But once you get to five, six, and seven, you have to really think and dig deep. That's when it gets emotional. That's where you want to be. And once there's emotions tied to it, it's no longer about you. It's beyond, it's bigger than you, whether it's for your, for your, for your, uh, uh, your future, your family, your kids, something. Now you have staying power and you will not give up, you know, so finding that. What's, what's an, an, an example of, of something like that? Like, uh, you know, getting to the right why. How do you do that as a, um, as a trainer or, or maybe as a pastor or, yeah. or a friend? How do you f help that person find that, that real why? So, you know, you start with, okay, you know, why do you want to lose weight? You know, yeah. And it was, oh, why, why, well, what are your goals? Find out the goals. Oh, I want to lose weight. Okay, how much weight do you want to lose? I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay, why is that important to you? Yeah. Well, because I want to look good. Yeah. Okay, why is looking good important to you? Well, because, you know, I want my clothes to fit better. I want to feel good. Okay, why is that important to you? Because I want to... You know, when I walk by the mirror, I want to stop and check myself. I want to love the reflection in the mirror, you know. Because why is that important to you? Because I just, I know, I guess I want to be noticed. I want to turn heads, you know. Okay. Why is looking good, losing the weight, you know, being noticed, why is that important to you? Now it's like, okay. Now I just start thinking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who, who do you want to be noticed by? Who do you want? I want my husband to notice me. Yeah. Oh, now we get five. Yeah. It's no longer about, oh, I want to lose 20, 20 yeah. pounds. Your husband, how long you've been married? Now we get into conversation. I've been married 15 years. I've, you know, I'm not the woman I used to be. I gained 30 pounds since having kids, and you know, our relationship's not that great. He does, I feel like he doesn't notice me, doesn't love me. And, okay, so now, okay, so why is that important to you? Because if he notices me, if I can lose the weight and he can notice me again, our relationship will be stronger and be better, right? Why is that important to you? Yeah. Because I want to have a strong relationship. I want our relationship to be an example for our kids. I want to be healthier, and I want that to be an example. So now you have one the husband's notice, yeah. right? Want to have a better relationship and want that example for the kids. Yeah. That 20 pounds is to, to stay, see yeah. how we've moved from there, right? So if they're going to the gym to lose 20 pounds, it's not going to work. About the, it's not about that. It's not about that. It's so much bigger. It's so much bigger. Now, if it's about finding that five, six, seven, and they use that, and they remember that, yeah. and they anchor that, they will always achieve the success. I think that, that could be used in so many different facets Absolutely. of life. I mean, just even like going to, going to work, you know, why am I doing this? And if exactly. you could have get an understanding of the real reasons why you're yes. doing this every single day, yes. it might change your motivation, why I'm, I'm, you know, putting up a fight with my kids every single morning, dragging them to church, yes. why am I, you know, <laughs> I, having my kids fight me every single morning and yeah. I'm having them read the Bible, but if you find the right motivation and have an understanding of the, the fruit that is going to come from this, and it's not just about me, it's about the people around me, yes. you know, suddenly you found the why, and then how, how do you move from there? Um, is it just, that's it? 
but what, what else do you have to do? You know, um, you anchor it. Um, anchoring means just find something physical that you can use to help you remember. Like my anchor, I wear this, it's my family, my wife, my kids, my dog Winterfell. Right? I so forgot to announce Winterfell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you messed up, man, yeah. you messed up. Winterfell was the first, all right? Um, but, um, but yeah, so this is my anchor to help me my, uh, under, for my, fit, my uh, financial success and my fitness success, they are my anchor, and also have bracelet for my anchor as well. So in the, at our gym, we, you know, we have bracelets, we give out bracelets, and uh, a lot of times when people, I know people are struggling, they need that five, six, seven, I will sit with them and I'll go over the five, six, seven, I'll go and I'll make them anchor it to our bracelet, yeah. you know. So always find something you can use um, physical to anchor, to help you remember. So whenever you want to stop, you know, with this, I snap this, it makes me, brings me back. You know, I just grab this, I kiss it, it makes, it brings me back, it makes me keep going because I know it's just bigger than me. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is there a, uh, a story you could share of a, a, just a success story of somebody who you met who found the right why yeah. and it helped them transform their life? Absolutely. Um, we, have a, uh, we have a lot of members in our gym that once they, you know, they'll go, it's, it's crazy. You see somebody go for like six months or a year or two years and all of a sudden they dig deep, they find the why and they just boom, they hit hard. And there's some people who come in right away and they will know the why and they'll hit it. So, you know, a client, um, we had to do one of our challenges, our FTDI challenge um, a year and a half ago. Um, his name is Chris. And I remember when we do the challenge, we have you fill out a form. This is Chris right here. Before, we have you fill out a form. And we don't accept you into the challenge if you don't have a strong why. Um, because to, to me, I can't help you if you're not ready. Yeah. You know, um, so. You know, we, we do the orientation. We say, hey, listen, write down your goals and write down your why. And your why, you have to dig deep and you have to let me know how important this is to you. That's how we're accepting to the challenge. And um, his why was strong. He had a whole page wrote. And one of the ones that touched me, he's like, um, I just want to be able to go to the amusement park and get on the rides with my daughter. You know, and that's powerful. It's not about wanting to lose 50 pounds or 100 pounds. I just want to be able to get on rides and see her smile and be there next to her and experience that with her, you know? And to me, his wives what led him to achieve the success he had. He ended up losing about, with us, like 80 pounds. You know, look at that, you know? He's amazing human being, his drive. And, you know, we do something in our gym called the Fitness Achievement Awards, where every year, um, all our clients, Including you, you're gonna be you going this year, right? I am. Yeah, uh, excellent. Yeah, so he I might win something. I don't know. I um, <laughs> but you know, we acknowledge them for their success um, because they work so hard to achieve what they did. So he worked his butt off to get to where he is. We're like, so he got nominated for the best transformation award, along with other awards, um, categories, and he won um, last year's best transformation award. And uh, so that's him right there winning that. He's, you know, so, yeah. That's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, if, if he could do it, Jamon, if you, you could overcome what, what you've overcome in your life, you know, any, anybody can. Um, you just got to find the right motivation, the right why many times. Uh, um, and this, this is so good, promise keepers. And, and as we kind of close, what I want to uh, ask is, um, what was the, the biggest promise that you kept to yourself? Um, maybe it was something as, as a child that you made a promise that you were going to keep this to yourself. What was that? Is that I will 
be successful no matter what. Like I seen what I came from and I knew that if I did not become successful, I cannot help anybody. So a promise I made to myself was like, no matter what happens, no matter what you're going through, this does not define you. Strive and achieve success. And that just drove me. What was the, the, the biggest promise you made uh, to the people that you love? I made a promise to, uh, to my mom. Um, I mean, first I made a promise I'm gonna be a millionaire on the letter, right? So I still, I'm still <laughs> working towards that. I can't let her down. Um, but uh, another promise I made to her was uh, that I'm gonna buy her car on her 50th birthday. And because I saw her, you know, she's never had any, she's always struggled with cars. Every car she gets breaks down, breaks down, breaks down. You have, you know, have to call a taxi, pick her up, and you know, get the car to the shop. And I was like, I can't watch her suffer like this anymore. And I remember it was her 40th birthday, you know, the car had broken down, and I was like, you know what? When you turn 50, I'm gonna buy you a car. I'm gonna buy you a car, and you never have to worry about a car again. At the time, I, I don't know, I, I trusted God, <laughs> you know. And, you know, I'm like, Mom, you know, what's your dream car? Her dream car is a Mercedes or BMW. It's like, oh, you got good she taste. What's up, yeah, that's right. Good taste. It's like, I will buy you your dream car. And sure enough, on her 50th birthday, I kept that promise. And I bought her a dream car. Where, where, did, you, where did you get her? Where did you get her? A BMW. Yeah, a BMW. We should, we, I think the screen went out. We had yeah. a picture of it. Uh, that's unbelievable. Thank you. And, you know, a lot of times, like, we, we make promises in the moment because it sounds good or it feels good. We want to impress somebody. You know, I want to encourage my mom, so I'll just make a promise. Yeah. Uh, very few people, unfortunately, um, have the, the strength and the ability to carry through on their promises. And that is something that you have within you that is so unique. And I, I believe that that's one of the reasons that you've been able to, to become the man that you are today. And I believe that that's gonna be the reason that you're gonna continue to be successful in everything that you do, is uh, you're, you're a promise keeper. Um, what, finally, what was one of the, the promises that you made uh, to God uh, that, you, that you were able to keep? Um, I made a promise to God that I will always trust him, no matter what. And no matter what hardship I go through, that I know is in his plan. And we've got, even with having the business, you can ask my wife, there's times where we've almost lost the business and we've thought about selling it or closing it. And, and my wife was ready. I was like, no. I made a promise to God that I'm going to step into the role he created for me, which is to help people. Like my superpower, I want to heal people. I feel like that's what I'm doing yeah. already. Yeah. And that's a promise I made to God that I will continue doing that. Even when it came to a point where we were going to close one of the gyms, there were like only 60 members in there. We lost a lot of members. And my wife's like, let's just close it. I said, but these 60 people need me. They need, what would they do if they didn't have us? And she understood. And it's a promise I made, like I will always just believe that you, he will bring me out of it and I'll step into the role that he has for me no matter what. That's amazing. Um, as, as we close, Javon, can you, 
Because you have such an anointing on you to overcome obstacles, to be able to walk through valleys and not give up. And I'm sure there's people, you know, in our church, I, I know, you know, um, I could be one of them that um, is walking through difficult times. And um, if you could just, as we close, just, just pray, um, pray for the strength, uh, pray for those that are um, um, really going through some struggles right now and are ready to give up on a promise they made to themselves already. Um, if you could just close this out in prayer. Yeah, Jermon, thank absolutely. You. Father God, we are gathered here today to give you praise and exalt your holy name, God. We love, honor, and appreciate you for all the blessings you've bestowed upon us. And we ask that in this year, 2020, you continue to bless us, Lord. We ask that you empower us with the strength, the wisdom, the willpower to keep any promises that we've made for ourselves, Lord. Any promises we've made for our kids, promises we've made for our spouse, promises we've made for our family, our friends, and most of all, Lord, promises we've made to you. We glorify your name, Lord, and we thank you for your guidance, and we thank you for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.